Good morning, everyone. How are you? Well? Amen. How many of you enjoy rain? I know. Sometimes you wake up and it's like dreary. I love rain. Sometimes it makes me feel tired, but I always remind myself that every raindrop is a blessing from God, right? You cannot count or number the blessings that he gives us every single day, every single year. So that's awesome. Um, Pastor Jason and Pastor Liz are away today on an actual vacation, which they need, and so I'm very excited for them. So we're going to uh, continue, though, and worship together. We're going to be going through our spiritual disciplines of abstinence, finishing up with Sabbath, and so it will be an exciting and good time together. Uh, This morning, if you could all stand with me, we're going to enter into God's presence through singing and worshiping Him with song. And uh, if you follow along in our Bible reading for our church, uh, today was Psalm 100 and Psalm 101. So I'm going to read Psalm 100, and uh, you can try to repeat after me. We'll say it on three here. One, go to the next slide. There we go. Okay. One, two, three. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. Amen? Amen. All right, let us worship. We're going to enter into a time of communion now, and uh, there's a few things I want to share with you guys, but I'd like us to get the communion elements first. Um, The two plates, if you're gluten-free, they have gluten-free pieces of bread on them. Feel free to use those. Um, And then just come down these center aisles and wrap back around to your seats, and then we'll uh, partake together. So go ahead and come forward. guys had a busy week this week? Anybody? How many of you could say, I need rest? (laughs) Yes. Rest for our 
our hearts, our emotions, rest for our minds. How many of you um, have thoughts that are just always going? <laughs> You're like, I gotta stop them from scrolling through my head. How do I do it? And uh, this week, I just felt like the Lord said he wanted to encourage us that there is, I'm speaking on the Sabbath, but he said there's a Sabbath day rest for all of us every single day and every single week and in the age to come. And partaking in communion is one of the ways that we enter into his rest. Um, in Hebrews, these aren't on the screen, but in Hebrews 4, 9 through 11, it says, there remains therefore a rest for the people of God. For he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience as the children of Israel did when they were in the wilderness. But there is a rest for us that we are encouraged to be diligent to enter. And that means we have to do something, right? Um, but in John 6, 32 through 35, Jesus says, he says, uh, Most assuredly, I say to you, Moses did not give you bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Lord, give us this bread. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. Never hunger again, never thirst. There is rest in Jesus, and there's rest in his body, and there's rest in his blood. Amen? We no longer are searching for salvation. We are no longer searching for meaning and purpose. It's all found in him. Everything you need. Any insecurities that you have in your life, the need for acceptance, the need for you know, feeling desire, the need for uh, purpose, the need for being validated, whatever your needs are, fears in your life, Jesus brings rest to all of them. He fulfills and brings peace to your heart, to our hearts, and gives us rest. So this morning, as we partake in communion, I really just want us to enter into his rest and have peace. If you've been struggling this week with something in your life or just tired and busy, enter into his rest in this moment as we partake. Uh, sometimes in, the, in my room, I sleep in the basement of our house and I have a drop ceiling in that basement. And the drop ceiling has a track that the panels sit on. And right over my bed, there's like the cross section. And so, like, sometimes I'll be laying there, and all I can do is just look up, and I see the cross section, and I put edges on it, so that way I can see the actual cross of Jesus Christ. And when I start doing that, peace comes every time. So, Jesus, we come before you right now. Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus, and we come to enter into your rest. We come to diligently enter in to rest through what you have done for us, Jesus. Through the provision, Father, that you have provided of your Son, that we could have bread and drink, that we no longer hunger or thirst anymore. We have peace with you, so we do not need to fear. We 
You do not need to worry. I want everybody to just repeat after me. Father, I cast everyone and everything to you. I cast everyone and everything to you. We trust you, Lord. We worship you. We cast all our cares over to you, Lord. Jesus, we thank you for your body and your blood and the price you paid for us because you wanted us and you loved us. Paul says in 1 Corinthians, for I received from the Lord that which, that, sorry, for I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us partake together. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For not brought. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us drink together. Jesus, we enter into your rest right now. And we worship you. We're going to sing another song, so feel free to stand and, or come up to the front and worship him and just continue to enter into his rest today. I don't want to pass through uh, this time quickly. Just want, I just felt prompted to read this verse. Um, it says in Hebrews 4, 15 and 16, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every way, in every respect, has been tempted as we are, yet without sin, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So I'd like to sing that chorus again. And if there's anything that you need from the Father, forgiveness, if you need rest, rest from him sickness and disease in your body, pain, rest from emotional distress, whatever you need, let's just take a few more minutes and press into the throne of grace to receive whatever you need, all right? And feel free to come up here or do it in your seat, but let's just take a few more minutes here and just receive from the Lord, from our high priest, Jesus, who sympathizes with all of our weaknesses and with all of the things. He knows everything we feel because he was on that cross and became the curse for us, taking all sickness, all disease, all sin upon himself. He took it for us. So let's just press in for a few more minutes here and just be with Jesus and receive what you need from him. And if you would like prayer, feel free to come up. I'll be up here and be able to pray with you.
is good, amen. He is good, and his mercy endures forever. Am I on? The Lord, his mercy endures forever. He's not going to fail you. He's not going to fail us. He is good. He is the good shepherd. He is faithful. He leads us into green pastures and beside still waters. He causes us to lay down. He is good. He leads us in the ways and his paths for his namesake, his paths of righteousness, because he is good. Amen. He is faithful. Father, we receive your rest. We receive your encouragement. We receive your love. We receive your peace. We receive your hope. We receive your joy. Right now, in Jesus' name, Father, we receive it. And we thank you for it. We thank you, Jesus, that we can trust you at all times, that you're not a liar, you're not a pretender, you're always good. You're a good dad to us. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Jesus. And we give you all the praise and glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Awesome. All right, you guys can have a seat. Boy, the Lord is good, amen. The awesome thing is that you can enter into his rest all the time, every day, by yourself, in your room. Don't need uh, music, though you can flip it on and uh, just be with him. So, All right, well, um, I'm so happy that you're all here. If you're a first-time guest, I want to welcome you and thank you for coming and visiting and being a part of our family today. Um, we do have connection cards in front of you, I believe, in the seats in front of you. Feel free to grab one of those and fill it out. Drop it into one of our offering buckets, which will be up here, or into the box right to the left of our door. And uh, we'll get your connection card. And if you'd like us to call you or something, just put call us. Uh, we won't call you probably otherwise. Um, but we will send you a letter, and thank you for coming. Um, what do we have? I'm not really good with all the announcements. So, Kids Corner, if you are a child and you are um, 7, 8, 9, and 10, we have bags for you over in our Kids Corner. Feel free to go over there after we're finished with announcements and get your bag to, hang, uh, to uh, use during the service and keep yourself occupied. If you have children, 0 to 3, we have a nursery for you, and we also have our Littles Ministry for Four, fives, and sixes, which is straight out the, this door and to the right down the hallway and straight into the room that you see with the door open. And that is for our children. And are there any other announcements? I don't think so. So we're going to hang out and talk to each other for a little bit uh, for about eight minutes. So feel free to get together and talk. <laughs> hello, hello. There we are. All right. You guys ready? Yeah. Cool. All right, so um, just a couple of announcements, just two. Um, so we have the new word for you today. If you haven't got that announcement already, we've been announcing it a few times here. Uh, the new word for you today is out for the last quarter of this year, so feel free to pick them up. There are some on the back table here. They are out in the foyer as well on the big pillar and on the little console table near the bathrooms. So feel free to grab those, um, as many as you need, if you want to hand them out to friends, family, or just leave them at 
places. Feel free to do that um, as you go about your day. So check those out. And then next Sunday is the Luciano Small Group at 6.30 here in, this, uh, in the sanctuary. So if you're a part of the Luciano Group or you're not and you'd like to check it out, it's an awesome Bible study. So yeah, come and check it out. It'll be great. So that is the announcements. Okay, offering. I have a verse for us today, and it's going to be from Genesis 22. Um, how many of you remember the story of Abraham and God asking him to sacrifice Isaac? Yep. And so during that time, he's taking Isaac up, and Isaac asks him, you know, we have everything to do this sacrifice except for the lamb, and, uh, you know, where are we going to get that? And he tells uh, Abraham tells him, the Lord's going to provide a sacrifice. And then he goes through the whole thing, and he's about ready to slay his son, and God obviously isn't into child sacrifice, so he stops him right at that moment as he's, going, as he's actually doing it, and he says, now I see that you fear me. You're not, you're not uh, going to hold anything from me, and so now you know, I will bless you even more. And then in Genesis 22, verse 13 and 14, it says, Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its, by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place, The Lord Will Provide, which is also Jehovah Jireh. Some of you will know that term. The Lord will provide, provide as it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. And so I just really wanted to encourage all of us, as you give, whether you're giving here uh, to this, to our local body, to this church, or if you're giving to someone else, a neighbor, a friend, somebody on the street that you see is in need, whenever you are giving, you can always know that we don't have to be afraid to give because the Lord will provide. He will always provide. He is, that is his name, Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. And so just take that to heart whenever you give, and as you give this morning, that the Lord is your provider. And I want to challenge all of us to see him every day. Something that the Lord has told me to do every day is to ask him to provide everything I need. So in the morning, I'll ask him to provide me with all of the uh, emotional provision I need, spiritual provision I need, mental provision that I need, physical provision that I need, and income provision that I need. And I trust him because he is my provider. Amen? So let's all do that together. I'm going to pray for the, our offering, and then I'm also going to pray. Uh, today is 9-11, and so I just want to pray for the families of all those um, that lost their loved ones in the 9-11 attack all those years ago, and um, just kind of pray for our nation as well, for the Lord's protection. So let's pray. Father, we thank you so much that you are our provider. You are the God who provides. You always come through. You always provided for your children. In the wilderness, you provided for them, and you took care of them, and their clothes didn't wear out. Lord, you took care of them for all those years and all the way to this very day. And so we thank you for being our provider. That through Jesus, you provide for us everything that we have need of. Lord, we ask you to bless all of the gifts and offerings and tithes that were given today. Lord, give us wisdom on how to use them for your glory, Father God, and just multiply and expand your kingdom um, through the use of them, Lord, in Jesus' name. 
And Father, we also take a moment to remember the 9-11 attack. And Lord, first we just pray for all the families of those that lost their loved ones. Lord, it doesn't matter if it's 20 years past or not. We always miss the ones that we love. And so I just pray for peace that passes understanding over their hearts and minds. Father, that you would send laborers to them to comfort their hearts as they grieve, but also for those that do know you from, the, from that experience that have turned their lives to you, Lord, that you would use them to bring you glory and to comfort those who are grieving as well. And Father, we also take a moment and just ask you to uh, protect our country. Father, there's so much that's going on, things that are really out of our control uh, and but we know that you're in control, and so we just ask you for mercy and grace upon our nation, Lord, for as long as it's possible, Lord, that people would come to know you, Lord, that you would keep us from attacks, Lord Jesus, and from ter- terrorism, Lord, and we just pray for p- people all around the world that are dealing with it, Father, you protect them, and, and that people would come to know you in the midst of all of it, and that your name would be glorified in the midst of all of it, and that those who would try to cause terror attacks, Lord, that their hearts would be convicted in those moments, Father, that they would see their need for Jesus and submit to you and turn away from their wicked ways, Father. And we just thank you for taking care of us. But Lord, uh, we do ask you for mercy and for people to come to know you in these days, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So we're going to talk about Sabbath. Who knows what the Sabbath is? few of us have raised our hands. Who, have, who has heard of the Sabbath day? Okay. Who practices the Sabbath every single week? 24-hour day of rest. Anybody? Anybody? No. So far, no hands. Okay, so we all have some work to do here. Um, we have been going through the spiritual disciplines of abstinence, and uh, we've talked about stopping. We've talked about silence and solitude. We did those as one week. Uh, Pastor Jason also spoke on self-restraint, which was fasting. We talked about slowing. He spoke on slowing last week. I listened to that message on our podcast since I was out of town last week, and it was super good. And and so now we're going to talk about the Sabbath. And uh, we've been using a definition of spiritual discipline. I don't think I have this on the screen, but... The the definition of spiritual discipline that we are using is it's an activity undertaken to bring us into more effective cooperation with Christ and his kingdom. An activity undertaken to bring us into more effective cooperation with Christ and his kingdom. How many of you want to be in more cooperation with Christ and his kingdom? Amen? We all do. Um, This verse is not up on the screen, so you can write it down, but 1 John 2.6 it says, John says, he that says he abides in him ought himself also, also to walk just as he walked. So if we are saying that we walk with Jesus, then we should actually walk like Jesus and walk in his ways. That's how we abide with him. And so all these principles that we've been talking about, these ways, these are ways of Jesus for us to actually stay in, in an abiding posture with him, a remaining with him. And these disciplines are not easy, as you know. How many of you, uh, well, we all raised our hand. We said we were busy over this week, right? We were all busy this week. It's hard to put these ways into practice because our culture is so counter, 
uh, it's counter to this way of life. We always want to go. We always want to push through. Sometimes when I think about, when I hear somebody say, you know, you need to take a Sabbath day, I'm like, it sounds awesome to take a Sabbath day, but I got a bunch of other things to do. Like, I still have to mow the lawn, I need to clean the garage, I need to whatever, do this or do that, go shopping. There's always something that gets in the way, and that's the way it is in our culture and in in how we're living. And so instituting the Sabbath, it's tricky. Um, how many of you remember long ago the blue laws? Some of us, all of us there. Yeah, the blue laws. And I moved here in 1987. Well, my family did. I was only like turning six. But um, I remember coming through, driving down uh, 26th Street over here. And um, boy, there was an old shopping place called Festival Foods. Anybody remember Festival Foods? Yeah. So anyways, but there was a Kmart, uh, which is gone now, right on 26th and Peninsula. And that giant eagle was right there. But I remember the Kmart was still like under the blue law. So like they would close every Sunday. And on Saturdays, they would have their blue light specials. Anybody remember blue light specials? So like we would be in Kmart on Saturday and there would be like this cart and like a pole with this blue light that's turned on and spinning. And I was like, wow, blue light specials are awesome, you know? And so I was just, you know, six. And you'd always go see what the blue light special was. But over time, those all went away. There's really no places that um, honor a day off or Sabbath day as a business, other than the only two I know is like Hobby Lobby and Chick-fil-A, and then a couple other little restaurants around town that are closed on Sundays. And so, you know, it's not part of our culture, um, but it is something that we need to really begin to prioritize and um, begin implementing into our life. And um, as I said, you know, one of the things I felt the Lord wanting to really encourage us with is that there is a Sabbath day rest for us every single week and every single day and in the age to come. And I'm looking forward to that age to come. Amen, when Jesus comes back. So, and then I also read a verse this morning already, Hebrews 4.11, let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest lest anyone should fall according to the same example of disobedience. So Sabbath is going to be something that we have to be disciplined with and intentional with, and uh, we're going to talk all about that. So just so you know, guys, I did not raise my hand with you all when I asked you if you practice Sabbath, because I really don't practice it uh, well. I try sometimes, but not all the time. And it's something that, honestly, the church hasn't really taught all that well, um, over the last number of decades. Um, again, our culture doesn't really do it. And there's a lot of misunderstanding about it. You know, we know it as this old Jewish practice. Uh, we see it in the Bible all the time, but we don't know a lot about it. And, and so what we're going to do today is basically do like a 101 and go through some basic questions. You know, what is the Sabbath? Is it important? Is it uh, something that we have to do? Um, and then how to implement the Sabbath. And um, so I really hope that what we talk about will um, make sense, be clear, and uh, just really bless all of us and get us into a posture of learning how to rest. Everybody take a deep breath. <sighs> Feels good, right? All right, so what is Sabbath? First question, what is Sabbath? Well, to know, we have to go back to the beginning into Genesis. 
And we have the six-day creation in Genesis 1. Uh, day 1, God created day and night, right? He created day and night. Day 2, he created the firmament and our atmosphere. So he divided the waters. He created the sky and the clouds and the sea, the just water covering the earth. And he basically created the sky and our atmosphere. Day 3, he divided the seas brought, and brought forth dry ground and all of the plants on the earth. Day four, God makes the sun, moon, and stars. And you know what's really interesting? That means that all of the light that was happening on the earth had nothing to do with the sun prior to day four. So it was God's light that was bringing forth, that he was shining upon the earth and bringing forth all the different plants. So he sets the sun, moon, and stars in the sky. Day five, God makes the birds to fill the sky and the creatures of the sea, all the fish and all of those things. Day six, God makes all the land animals. And then he creates man in his image. And it's so awesome seeing creation because it just keeps getting better and better and better until he creates man in his image. And then he gets to day seven. So, Genesis 2. Go ahead and turn your Bible to Genesis 2, 1 through 3. And it will be on the screen for this one. It says this, Thus the heavens and the earth and all the host of them were finished. And on the seventh day God ended his work, which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it he rested from all his work, which God had created and made. So, the whole idea of Sabbath, where do we get that word? It comes from this verse, and the word rested. He says he rested on the seventh day. That word is Shabbat. Okay, I spelled Hebrew wrong. I put Hebrew. Sorry about that. Uh, Shabbat, S-A-B-A-T. Everybody say Shabbat. Shabbat is our English word, or it's the Hebrew word, and we get our English word Sabbath from this. And that word means intermission. How many have ever been in an intermission? Gone to a play or a movie or a show or something, and you go halfway through, and then you stop, and you have an intermission to rest, take a break from the show, go to the bathroom, get some food, whatever you want, and come back. So it is an intermission. It is a stopping, right? and it's translated resting. So this is where we get Sabbath, and this is where we get our first point. Sabbath is an intermission. It's a stopping and a resting. Stopping and resting. Basically what we're doing right now. We're stopped, and you're all sitting and resting, right? It's a stopping and a resting. It's taking a break from our work. God stopped and rested and took a break from all of, his, all of his work. It's like a governor on an engine for us. How many of you are mechanics or know about cars? Anybody? I know my brother does. Yeah. Well, a governor on a vehicle, who knows what it does? Glenn. It limits the speed. So if there's not a governor on your vehicle, you can go pretty much as fast as you want. But most cars should have a governor on them, so that way you can only go to a max speed of a certain amount. It's a way to keep people from going too fast and slowing down. Sabbath is a way for us to slow down. It is a way for us to have a break. It is a governor on our life. 
If we don't have a governor on our life, pretty soon we'll start finding ourselves going so fast, so fast, that eventually, what happens when you go too fast? You burn out, you crash. Yeah, crash and burn. We don't want to crash and burn, right? So we need this. Sabbath is an intermission and a stopping and a resting. The next thing we learn from that verse, those, those few verses, is that Sabbath is a 24-hour day, and specifically the seventh day of the week. So a Jewish Sabbath starts on the sixth day at sundown, so it would be Friday night, and then it goes to, uh, well, yeah, Friday night sundown to Saturday night sundown. That is a full 24-hour day, and that is the Sabbath day. A lot of us wonder, what day is the Sabbath day? It is the seventh day. And we'll talk a little bit about how it got switched and how, why the Christian church calls it um, the, a Sunday. But it is the seventh day. It is a Saturday. So it's a full 24-hour day for us to stop and to rest. And then Sabbath is a day of delight. It says that God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it or set it apart. He blesses and sets it apart as a special day. What did God do on the seventh day? He rested and he delighted in all of his creation and everything that he made. So Sabbath day is a delight. And the interesting thought about this is that God created Adam on which day? Sixth day. So he gets created on the sixth day after he creates all the animals. So I'm just kind of picturing in my mind God creates the animals, you know, in the, in the beginning of that day, and then we get to kind of the middle, end of that day, he creates man in his image, breathes life into him, and then we, he wakes up, and what is the first thing that God has Adam do? Rest. That's pretty awesome. The first thing God had Adam do when he woke up <laughs> was, hey, we're going to take a break. I just did all this stuff for you, and I just want you to rest with me. We'll check it out, see all of its beauty, all of the glory that I made for you. I just want you to rest and hang out with me. That is the first thing God wanted for Adam, which means it's the first thing he wants for us, is to live in a state of rest, with him in every situation. Sabbath rest. God created us to be in unity and rest with him first. And this is why Satan works so hard to keep us from rest. It's why he does everything in his power to keep us busy, to keep us on these things, on our phones, constantly looking at our phones, looking at technology, Constant news coming at you. You know, constant wonder. I need to search for something. I can't even watch a movie. Some, sometimes I watch a movie and I realize my brain has been like reprogrammed and I'll be watching a movie and I kind of get bored with it and I'll just be like, flip up my phone, like, yeah, see what's going on and try to pay attention to the movie. And then I like, put it away. I'm like, what am I doing? We're always going. Satan works hard to keep us going. And so God created us to rest first and to be with him. Now, if you're wondering why we celebrate Sabbath as a church, you know, churches celebrate it on a Sunday, a little quick history lesson, not too, I'm not going to take a long time with it, but basically, in a nutshell, um, as Gentiles began to follow Jesus in the New Testament, 
eventually Satan worked his fingers in and you see Paul constantly having to like bring the church, the Gentile church back in into fellowship and, and whatnot because a lot of the Gentiles began to, do, to remove Jewishness from the faith, the Jewish traditions and different things. And that is called what we call now replacement theology, where the church replaced Israel. And um, what happened is the church continued to grow. Gentile ways began to get moved into the church practices. And then eventually you get to Roman Catholicism being established by Emperor Constantine, Roman Emperor Constantine, and um, in, 313, in, in 313 AD, re replacement theology was in full swing. And then on March 7, 321 AD, he moved the Sabbath day for the church to Sunday, which means that the whole thing was man-made, moving it. God didn't change the Sabbath. The Sabbath is always Saturday. That is the seventh day. It will always be that way. But basically, man changed, tried to change God's calendar, which doesn't really work. So, not that you can't, we're going to talk about, you can celebrate, we're going to talk about when we can actually celebrate Sabbath. But that is the reason why we have it on Sunday, just so you know. All right, next thing. Sabbath is a day of worship. Sabbath is a day of worship. Go ahead and turn your Bibles to Exodus 20, verse 8. A day of worship. Exodus 20, verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day. This is God. He gave Israel the Ten Commandments. It says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. So it's a holy day. Everybody say holy. Holy day. It's a day that's set apart for him to remember, to delight in and act as an act of grateful worship. That Sabbath of the Lord phrase at the end there in verse 10 can be translated set apart for the Lord or dedicated to the Lord. It's a day for worship. It's not just a day off from work. This is where I kind of get like thrown for a loop. I'm like, oh, I want a Sabbath day. And I like pick a day off from work. And then I'm like, well, what am I going to do on my day off from work? And most of the time, it doesn't involve worship. Like, we always get, a lot of us get Sundays off automatically because of our jobs. But so much of what I do on a Sabbath day isn't, doesn't fall in line with worship. And we'll talk more about that. But, you know, who remembers what worship is? A posture. Let me say a posture. It's a posture that we take with God, where we are submitted to him, where we are uh, yielding to him, putting him first, um, loving him, and... And so if we are not worshiping on our Sabbath day, then we're really not having a Sabbath day. Because it is, remember, he says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Holy, set apart for him. So it's not just singing, but it's a whole lifestyle uh, and a whole way of thinking for on that day. So Sabbath is a day of worship. What is Sabbath? Next thing. Sabbath was a holiday every week. A holiday. Ever say holiday. In Leviticus 23, 1 through 3, I'll read this. It says, And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them concerning the feasts of the Lord, which you shall proclaim to be holy convocations. Even these are my feasts. Six days shall work be done, 
But the seventh day is the Sabbath of rest, a holy convocation. You shall do no work therein. It is the Sabbath of the Lord in all your dwellings. So it says it's a Sabbath of rest. And that word rest, it, it also means, a, it's called a Sabbatism or a special holiday. It was a special holiday, a great Sabbath and a solemn Sabbath. So God has rest available for us every day, but this day of Sabbath that we are supposed to partake in is like the mother of all rests. It is the rest of rest. Sabbath of rest. How many of you look forward to the holidays during work when you get off? Yeah, I know I do. Count down the days you're looking forward to those, whatever, Labor Day weekend, Memorial Day weekend, Easter, you know, Good Friday off, Christmas break, Thanksgiving, and all of us always hope that our work will give us like a four-day weekend for Thanksgiving and not just one day off, right? So anyways, we all look forward to holidays. And God created the Sabbath to be a holiday for us. So that way, we rest on the seventh day. We go to work the first day and the second day. And by that day, we feel refreshed. And by the second day, we get to the third day of work. And we're like, I think I'm ready for a break. And then we... He intended for Sabbath to be something we look forward to. Oh boy, it's almost Sabbath. It's almost time for me to rest for that whole day. And we go through the rest of our third day, fourth day, fifth day, and then you get to the, uh, or sorry, third day, fourth day, fifth day, sixth day, and you get to the seventh day, and then you rest and have a holiday. It's a time of celebration. The Sabbath day was made for us to be celebratory about the things of God and what he's done in our life overall and what he's done for us in that week and maybe we had a bad week well it's a time for us to regroup and rest i could use a holiday every day or every week amen okay next thing sabbath is a rehearsal everybody say rehearsal how many of you have been part of a play or a dancing routine or something and you had to rehearse or a band you're part of rehearsal anybody anybody we rehearse we know what a rehearsal is. So Leviticus 23.3 says, Six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of rest and holy convocation. You shall do no work therein. It is the Sabbath of the Lord in all your dwellings. Everybody say convo- convocation. Convocation is the word Hebrew word mikra. It means something called out, a public meeting, also a rehearsal. It's a rehearsal. A rehearsal of what? Anybody know? A rehearsal of the first Sabbath day that God has with Adam. It is a time for us to rehearse what God and Adam had on the first day, or the first seventh day, I should say, but the first day of Adam's life. It is a time for us to rehearse that time with God and think about his glory and all that he created and how he created it for us. And how he created Adam to rule and to reign with him. That's a good thing. The other rehearsal that it is, is it's a rehearsal for the Sabbath day that is coming when Jesus returns. It is a rehearsal. It is to prepare us like a dress rehearsal for what's coming. And next week, I want to talk a lot about what's coming. Like, what does the Sabbath day rest look like? What does 
the kingdom of God look like on the earth? Because there is a lot in the Bible. And when we lose track of the hope that is to come, it causes us to become fearful and worried and lose heart. The Bible says a hope deferred makes the heart sick. And when we do not have our focus on the hope that is to come, we are going to be sick. It's going to cause us to be sick in one way or the other, mentally, emotionally, physically, I don't know, but it affects us. It affects everything. So we are going to focus on that next week and talking about the Sabbath day of rest that is to come. And I just really want us to kind of envision it and dream about it as we talk about it. So anyways, Sabbath is a rehearsal to prepare us, to remind us of what God had with Adam on the seventh day and to prepare us for what God has for us when he restores the world back to Eden. And we all long for Eden. We all do. All right, next. Sabbath is a command. Ooh, how many of you love the word command? As soon as you hear that word, you're kind of like, give me a break, right? I hate that word, command. Don't tell me to do something. How many of you have said something to somebody just trying to help them, like, you should do some, you should do this, and they're like, don't tell me what to do. Anybody ever have that happen? Yeah. We all don't like to be told what to do. But this is the hard part. It is a command. It is the fourth command of the, of the Ten Commandments. So no other gods before me, no idols, do not take the Lord's name in vain, and then remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. Exodus 20, we're going to read that again, verse 8 through 11. It says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work. You, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. So God made it a command. Now, why did God make the Sabbath day a command? The reason is because in our sin nature, our nature of sin is opposed to resting. It is opposed to slowing. If God's nature, we see, is to rest, and that was the first thing he wanted to do with Adam, then automatically sin nature is opposite of wanting to rest. It wants rest, but it's unwilling to. Or it will try to do it in its own ways and not with God. Resting is supposed to happen with God. Adam rested with the Father, with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit in Eden. So we have to rest with God, and our sin nature is opposed to it. And if God didn't command it, we wouldn't do it. We wouldn't do it. So he had to command it. Because he knows how we think, and he knows how we work. And his commands are not evil, but they are all good to help us and to bless us. There is danger when we do not obey the commands of God. And there were consequences for it. In Exodus 31, 12 through 14, listen to this. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak also to the children of Israel, saying, Surely my Sabbaths you shall keep. For it is, a, it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations that you may know that I am the Lord who sanctifies you. You shall keep the Sabbath day, or keep the Sabbath, therefore, for it is holy to you. Everyone who profanes it shall, shall 
surely, that's a tongue twister, shall surely be put to death. For whoever does any work on it, that person shall be cut off from among his people. I mean, that's a serious consequence. And I asked God about it, you know, like, why such a serious consequence? I mean, if you read through it, like the first time they had Sabbath, a guy went out to work, like he went out and picked up sticks. And the people told Moses, hey, there's a guy working on the Sabbath, picking up sticks, and they killed him because of the command. Now, God never intended for man to be killed on the Sabbath day. We go back to the original intent of the Sabbath. He wanted people to live. Adam was alive. It was the first thing he did. This is not God's intent to kill people at all. But God simply wanted to get the point across that this day of resting is very important to him and for them. And it's very important for us. It's, very, it's still important to him and for us. The people, when you think about it, had just come out of harsh slavery for hundreds of years. All they knew was slavery, torture, beatings, whippings, you know, not good food, struggling. And so God wanted them to rest. And so he had to, he basically had to reteach them and reteach their brains, reteach everything to them on how to live. And so he set a command with a serious consequence to get them to not do work on that day. That's the only reason why. To get them to rest and to teach them to rest. He wanted to reestablish what Adam had in the garden with the people of Israel. The other thing that it leads to is captivity. Did you know that Israel, they had their first temple destroyed in like 586 B.C.? And they were taken captive into Babylon. How many have read the story of like Daniel? Right? So God had told them, he gave them the Sabbath day every seventh day, but he also created what's called a Shemitah cycle. It's a seven-year period. And on the seventh year, it's called a Shemitah year. And that year is a Sabbath. It was a Sabbath year of rest for the land. And they were not supposed to plant anything in their fields because God wanted to give the land rest, which is really fascinating. But God obviously knows the best way to grow food, right? So he would not have them plant, and he said, I want you to just let the land grow, and anybody can go and eat from it, rich or poor. And then when you get to the next first year of the Shemitah cycle, you start planting again. You go six more years and take a rest for the land. Well, he warned them that if they would not keep the Sabbath day and keep the Sabbath day or year of rest for the land, that it would lead them into captivity, that they would be destroyed, be taken captive. And they disobeyed God, and they disobeyed God for 490 years. They were in the land for about 800 before they went into captivity, and then about 490 years, they did not obey God. And the reason we know that is because 2 Chronicles 36, 20 through 21 says this, and those who escaped from the sword he carried away to Babylon where they became servants to him and his sons until the rule of the kingdom I'm sorry, uh, and his sons until the rule of the kingdom of Persia to fulfill the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah until the land had enjoyed her Sabbaths as long as she lay desolate she kept Sabbath to fulfill 70 years. Israel was in slavery, in captivity, for 70 years before they were able to return to the land 
So that's one year for every Sabbath year they missed. So seven, seven times, 70 times 7, 490 years. Okay? 490 years, that's 70 Sabbaths that they met, missed. So they were in, the, uh, in captivity for 70 years. Hopefully that makes sense. But there was a consequence for Israel. Now this law was given to Israel, okay? He didn't give this law and command to the whole world at that time. It was only to Israel. And they disobeyed it, and it cost them dearly. So, those are the reasons of what is the Sabbath. Why is the Sabbath important? Well, for all the reasons above. But the main thing I hope that we all see is that it's important to God. The Sabbath day is important to him. It's the day that he blessed and created for us. It's important to him. And it's important because Jesus kept the Sabbath. This was a way of Jesus, which we've been talking about the ways of Jesus, the slowing, the silence and solitude, the stopping, the self-restraint. This was a way of Jesus. Luke 4.16 says, So he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and his, as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. So Jesus, every Sabbath day, he celebrated the Sabbath day, and he went to the synagogue to do this, to preach and to teach and to encourage and to love the people, his sheep. And so it's important to him. And you'll notice as you read through the New Testament, when did Jesus do a lot of his miracles? On the Sabbath day. And he always ticked off all the religious leaders, you know, because he had to reteach them. You figure you put a lot of blame on the religious leaders. However, in this one, I kind of give them a little bit of grace because you figure they went into captivity because of this very thing. They didn't keep the Sabbath day. So obviously, they're going to be super intent on keeping the Sabbath day, but they went to like the way extreme of it where they were actually now being controlled and controlling the people. And Jesus had to come in and be like, yo, it's good to do good on the Sabbath day. You know, he would heal on the Sabbath day. And then he makes this statement in Mark 2, 27 and 28. He says, The Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore, the Son of Man is also the Lord of the Sabbath. So the next thing, why is it important? It's because the Sabbath was made for us. It was made for us. That's a good thing. For us to stop and rest and to delight and worship and to rehearse the things that God has done. So next big question. Is it required then to keep the Sabbath? Now, I stole this answer from a book from John Mark Comer, which Pastor Jason has mentioned, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. I don't know if anybody's picked it up yet, but definitely check it out. It's very good and very encouraging um, in these principles that we're talking about. But I'm going to give you my paraphrase of what he says. It doesn't really matter if it's required now or not. It's clearly something I need and that you need. And if we are smart, we'll do everything in our power to begin to make a Sabbath day a way of life in our lives. It doesn't matter if it's required. It's just smart. It's a smart thing to do, to honor God and to take a rest. You're allowed. We are allowed to say no for a whole day and just rest and be with our family and eat a great dinner or breakfast or whatever you like and go play with your kids or take a long nap and read a book and do life, do it all with Jesus on that day. 
we're allowed. You're allowed to take a break. And you're allowed to say no. Hey, can you help me move on this day? No, that's my Sabbath day. Sorry. You can do that. Now, you can also do good on the Sabbath day. Maybe your friend really needs the help. It's okay on the Sabbath day to, to do good and to help somebody. You can do that too. But the Sabbath day was made for us. Now, is it an actual requirement? The answer is no. It's not a requirement for salvation, right? Jesus is the fulfillment of the law, of all of the law of Moses, the Ten Commandments and all the other laws. He kept them all perfectly for us because we were not able to do it. And he makes it clear that our salvation does not come through our works, but through his works. And we put our faith in him and we receive his salvation, himself into us. And so, no, we do not have to keep the law for our salvation. But Jesus also didn't get rid of all Ten Commandments, right? They didn't go away. He just fulfilled them. It's still good if we love, the Bible says, if you love God first and love one another, you're going to keep all the commandments. All right, we're going to not steal, not commit adultery, not murder, you know, not covet, not take the Lord's name in vain, but also Sabbath. And now we don't have to do it because it's a requirement, but we get to do it because we want to, because God has written his law on our hearts, and all of us want to do the law of God now. It's just a matter of how do we actually do the Sabbath day? How do we make it a part of our lives and live this way? And so I want to finish with how do we Sabbath? How many of you want to know? (laughs) Just so you know, this is all something I'm actively putting into practice. So, like, I don't have, like, the perfect answer. I'm going to give you an answer that I think, I feel like the Lord gave me. And, um, and so, I'm working on this with you. And I want to encourage all of us, you go home and look up, how do you, how do the Jews do it on the Sabbath day, you know? And maybe you infiltrate, bring some of those things into, into how you do a Sabbath day, because the Sabbath day is something that is going to take time. You know, as we said before, Hebrews 4.11, let us therefore diligently enter into that rest. Starting a Sabbath day and living a Sabbath day every week is not something that you can just start. Like, it is going to take time and intentionality to do it. And so we're going to take it, I want to really take it slow as we do this. And um, I have a challenge for us at the end of this that I would like to ask you to join me in. So we're going to take it slow. But how do we actually Sabbath? So the first thing, since we know the Sabbath day is Saturday, right? But not all of us have jobs that allow for us to be off on Saturday. You could be a nurse, you could be a doctor, you could be in law enforcement, where you have to work on Saturdays. So God knows this. God gave us these jobs. And, you know, the Sabbath day... Israel, the job of Israel, God intended for Israel to learn God's ways and then to be a blessing to the world and teach them to the world. Well, so far we know Israel hasn't really done a great job at that and all of those things are not going to actually come to pass until Jesus comes back and he sets his way on the earth. And so, pick. do we have to do the seventh day? No, I don't believe we do. But if you can, great. But if you can't, it's okay. I didn't mention this, but in Acts 15, 27 and 29, I think I have it on the screen, there was a whole thing of Israel, um, sorry, 
Paul and Barnabas had to go talk to the elders of the church and the apostles because new Jewish converts to the faith started believing in Jesus and they started telling all the Gentiles, you have to live a certain way. You have to keep all the laws of Moses and you need to get circumcised. And they're like, I really don't want it. Guys were like, I don't really want to do that. That's going to hurt. It's not going to feel good. And I don't, I would, Paul, really, please go talk to somebody about this. So they did. They went back to Jerusalem. They talked to him. And in Acts 15, 27 through 29, this is what they tell uh, Judas and, um, sorry, Paul and Barnabas to say. And we have, I'll just read it for you. We have therefore sent Judas and Silas, who will also report the same things by word of mouth. For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than the necessary things, that you abstain from things offered to idols, from blood, and from things strangled, and from sexual immorality. If you keep yourselves in duty from these, you will do well. So that's what they told the people, the Gentile Christians. Do these things. They weren't forced to keep all of the law. And God knows that we are not. We live in a world that does not honor uh, a day, uh, you know, a Sabbath day of rest with him. He's given us jobs that a lot of us cannot get that day off on. And so I believe the Lord just wants us to pick a day just to begin. We've got to take this thing slow. Just to begin taking a day off with him. So if you can do Saturday, great. If you can do Sunday, great. If you have to work Saturday and Sunday, then pick a different day that you have off and dedicate that day to the Sabbath. Pick a day. That's the first step. Sit down. If you're married, sit down with your wife and figure out what is the best day is going to work for our family. Maybe it is Sunday. We're already worshiping together. It's a great day to do it. We're already taking the time to worship God and dedicate this day to him. Maybe that's the best day for you. But pick a day. Next thing, imagine a perfect day of rest with God. Mm, let's imagine for a second. Everybody close your eyes. Just Imagine like a perfect day of rest. Even just one thing. Mm. What does that day look like for you? For me, it can look like all sorts of things. My day is going to look a lot different than somebody who has little children. My day is going to look a lot different than somebody, a couple who are empty nesters. You know, my day is going to look different. But my day will look like waking up when I want to. <laughs> you know, sleep in, wake up, get a nice breakfast, eat it. with. I'm a single guy, so I eat it with Jesus. And then maybe I'll go take a leisurely walk just to get out into nature and be in nature with God. And then I'll come home and eat lunch, take a nap, draw for a little bit, call my friend that I haven't talked to, come to church Sunday morning and then do all of that. You know, like, it would just be a restful day of just rejuvenating my life with God, restoring me. I would talk, talk to God about the things of my day, cast all my cares to him on that day. You can do it every day, but specifically on that day, and just rest with him. Talk about things. How many of you have ever talked about God, talked to God about things that like have nothing to do with like life or like spiritual growth or problems or issues? Like, God, have you can you tell me a joke? Like, God's funny. You know, I've <laughs> He created humor. He knows jokes. I remember this one time, I can't tell you what it was, but I asked God to tell like to 
Um, this was years ago, like after I moved back here in 2015, I was sleeping in my bed. Well, I was going to bed, and I was like, God, I just want you to tell me something funny. And I went to bed, and I had a dream, and all I can tell you, it was, it was a hilarious dream, and I woke up laughing. And I can't tell you what the dream was. I just know I woke up laughing. When I woke up laughing, I was like, oh, that was so awesome. Thank you, Father, for something funny. Like, he wants to do stuff like that with you. You talk to God, hey, God, Father, like, do you have any creative ideas for what's going to happen in the, in the millennial reign of Jesus? And I'm sure he does. And maybe he'll tell you, I don't know. He wants to talk to you about all kinds of stuff. That's the day to do it. Anytime is the time to do it, but I'm just saying specifically, think of a perfect day with God, resting with him, like what Adam might have experienced, and then begin to implement that into your Sabbath day. But use a filter. Filter that perfect day of rest through the Sabbath filter. What is the Sabbath filter? It's the things we just talked about. So Sabbath day is a day to stop, so you should have some stopping in there. It's a day to rest. It's a day to delight. It's a day to worship God. And it's a day to do good. Jesus said, we're supposed to do good on the Sabbath day. So, am I stopping from my normal work? Is what I'm doing on that day involve stopping? Does my mind slow and stop on that day? And all my thoughts? Is what I have planned going to be full of going? If it is, run it through the filter Nix it for that day and put it on to another day. Okay? Big part of this is turning off our phone. Turn off your phone for that day or for part of it. Or just put it on do not disturb. Does what I'm doing sound like rest? If it doesn't sound like rest, don't do it on the Sabbath day. Okay? It doesn't involve like coming into a place of rest where you're with God and you're being restored. So like when we come here in the morning, Sunday morning, we're doing that. We're resting with God and being restored. And so that's a good thing. But if it doesn't involve rest, then don't do it. Is it delightful? Does it bring you joy to do it on the Sabbath day? If it doesn't bring you joy, then don't do it. You know, like, does anyone get joy from cleaning the toilet? I hope not. I mean, maybe you do, but, like, I don't. So don't do it on the Sabbath day, okay? Don't clean your house on the Sabbath day. Do it on a different day. Does it involve worship? Again, worship. Worship, you know, it's not just singing. It's not just coming here. Worship is going and playing with your kids if you didn't get to do it all week at a playground and honoring your children and loving on them, just like the Father. It's, that's worship to the Lord when you put your wife before yourself, when you put your kids before yourself, you know, and you do things with them. That is worship. Walking through the woods with Jesus, you can worship with Jesus. Worship Jesus in the woods or on the peninsula or wherever you like to take a walk and be with the Lord. So does it involve worship? And does it, is what I'm doing good? Am I helping somebody? You know, if somebody asks you, hey, can you come over? I'm having a really tough time today. You know, this happened in my life. And they say, and it's your Sabbath day. And they ask you to come over. You can say, yeah, I can come over and help you. Let me just, you need a hug? You need just somebody to talk to? Let's do it. So run it through the filter. So pick a day. Imagine your perfect day, write it down in a journal, filter it through your perfect, I'm sorry, through the Sabbath filter, and then begin slow. Begin to implement your day. And so the challenge I'm going to ask, I'm going to wrap up right now, the challenge I'm going to ask all of us to do, ask all of you to do with me, is this. 
I want, to, I want all of us to do it. You don't have to. It's not a requirement. But it's smart. And I want to be smart. I'm not always. But I want to be. And so I'm going to challenge us for this. The Lord has a Sabbath day rest for us every day. The challenge then is take 24 minutes. So we have 24 hours in a day. Maybe you can already do more. Okay, This is just for like base level. Let's take 24 minutes a day to pause in our day and just rest with Jesus. You know, you could be in your car, you could be on a walk, you could be in your room, sitting on a couch, you find a place of silence and solitude for 24 minutes. You can split it up 12 minutes and 12 minutes, six minutes, four times, I don't care how you do it, but let's take every day 24 minutes to just, Jesus, I cast everything over to you. I recenter on the cross. I need your help. I'm feeling this emotion and I'm angry or whatever and I'm scared and I just need you to come in and you cast your care over to him and you find rest. 24 minutes. Anybody want to take that deal? Okay. The next challenge then, and you can do more. Listen, maybe you already have a time with God and you can do an hour. Great. But do it throughout your day as well. It makes a huge difference if you can start your day with Jesus and even for 10 quality minutes and then end your day with Jesus for 10 quality minutes. Jesus is all about quality over quantity. Quantity is obviously wonderful. If you can spend more time with somebody you love, let's do it. We should spend the whole day with Jesus, really. Do it all with him. But it's nice to get into silence and solitude in those moments and do it for 24 minutes, okay, to start. The other challenge is to pick a Sabbath day and to do these points, you know, run, it, run everything through that filter, and then once you have that day picked, start. If you want to start with the full day, go for it. But if this is, like, really new to you and you're afraid to, like, dedicate a whole day to this, start with two hours and 40 minutes. We're just playing on 24, okay? Two hours and 40 minutes. Pick your Sabbath day and say, for two hours and 40 minutes, we're going to start a Sabbath day and we're going to turn off our phones or put it on, on Do Not Disturb and set them on a shelf. And for that two hours and 40 minutes, we're just going to chill or eat breakfast together or go out in the yard and play wiffle ball or whatever you like, play a board game or do nothing, read a book, but for two hours and 40 minutes. How many of you can take that challenge with me? And then from there, my goal is to get us to a full day. And I would like for us to shoot for that full day to be started in January of 2020. So we have three months, right? October, November, December to begin working this this Sabbath day slow, figuring out how it's going to work in your life, how it's going to work in your family, because all of us are a little different, all right? And tell somebody, if you're in a small group, tell the small group what day you're going to do. Maybe all of us do Sunday. If you, if maybe it turns out a lot of us do Sunday, great. Maybe you're a Saturday. Maybe you're a Wednesday. Maybe you're a Monday. Maybe every week is different because your schedule for your job, every week is different. That's okay. You tell somebody, this is going to be my Sabbath day. I want you to hold me accountable to that Sabbath day, okay? And just ask me, did you rest with Jesus on that day, all right? So that's the challenge. 24 minutes a day, two hours and 40 minutes uh, on our Sabbath day to start and then work our way to one. And we're going to keep track of this all the way into January. And if we don't, if you're not spending a full day in January yet, just keep going, okay? This isn't legalism. This is made for you, okay? So does that make sense? Yeah? All right. We're going to close in prayer, and uh, then we'll talk more about Sabbath next week and the Sabbath that is to come. 
<clears throat> Father, we thank you so much that you love us so much that you created us to be with you and one with you and to live in a state of rest with you, even while we work in our week. But you created us to have that full day dedicated, dedicated for us to just be restored every week. Lord, I ask you to forgive me for not honoring that day or putting priority on it. And I ask you to forgive us, Lord. And I ask you to show us as we begin to honor this day with you and establish it in our life, that you would show us how to do it, show us the things that we should not do on that day, the things that we should do on that day, or give us boldness to say no to things, to turn off our phones. Lord, but above all, just to be with you and enjoy who you are in our lives and what you've done for us. Lord, I thank you for giving us this day. And we honor you and we praise you. If there's anybody here who does not know Jesus, he has rest for you. If you're looking for rest in your life and you say, I, don't, I just need something to help me, Jesus says in Matthew eleven twenty eight 28, and 30, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. If you need that rest, I want to encourage you to come see me up here as soon as we're finished, and um, I'll be able to share with you that rest that he has for you. Also, if you need prayer for anything else, uh, we'll have prayer teams up here. So, Father, we give you all the praise and glory. We love you. We worship you. Lord, we ask you to bless the rest of this day. Lord, help us to walk in your rest the rest of this day. We give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys. I'm going to hold you all to that challenge because you all raised your hand. So, All right. We'll see you guys next week. Have a great rest of uh, this day.